You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. Good day, Forefront. My name is Benita Rodman Jenkins. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And it's a pleasure to be with you as you continue your sex positive series. Now, this series has caused me to pray, to reflect, and to question some of the things that I've been taught and some of the influences that I've had. And whether explicitly or implicitly, how they have impacted my life and the life of others. I have been courageously learning to unlearn, to excavate, to deconstruct scripture and theologies and so many things that have caused so much harm and caused so many people to disconnect from God and the church. One of the things that I hope we will consider as we hear today's sermon is how we can celebrate and liberate our bodies from shame, from a culture of cisgender heteronormativity that has left so many people at the margins. A culture that says you must identify with the sex you were assigned at birth, a couple's relationship and sex life being only affirmed in a heterosexual marriage. How can we reclaim our bodies as beautiful, sexual beings created by God? How can our bodies be revitalized under so much pressure from the church pressure from purity culture, pressure from a capitalistic society to fit within a very confining and unrealistic standard of beauty, strength, and acceptance. Pressure to look good, but not too good. Pressure to swipe right and still be stigmatized. There are so many mixed messages that ultimately lead us to believe that our bodies as sexual beings are bad, that our flesh is bad. My spiritual life has largely been influenced by exposure to an interesting blend of conservative leaning faith traditions, Catholic, Baptist, and Pentecostal as well as more progressive faith communities in recent years. I can recall early on messages that I received about the flesh and its sinful nature, constantly negative, always couched in something not good, reminders that our flesh is a mess. 
Romans 8, 7, 8 says, For this reason, the mind that is set under the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The spirit and the flesh we've been taught are in conflict with each other. Verses like this and others reinforce that our bodies, which are an extension of our flesh, were bad. Now, there's nothing wrong with discipline. We certainly want to be safe and consenting and well. And with this, how can we be open to having courageous conversations where ultimately, even through questioning and fear, we are drawing people in to the love of Jesus, not condemning them, where we can essentially reclaim our bodies. Sarah Bessie, author of Out of Sorts, Making Peace with an Evolving Faith, says, well-meaning people have used Paul's writings to justify abuse or silencing, oppression and marginalization. He was misogynistic, narrow-minded and bossy. I was suspicious of Paul. I even avoided his words in scripture. This is complicated, particularly when we've been taught not to question the Bible, not to question God's word. How do we negotiate our lives in the flesh as an extension of our bodies and embrace all God has made us to be, mind, body, spirit, soul. This struggle can cause a rejection of our own bodies and body shaming can take place. I remember at one point in my life wanting to have a program entitled Love Yourself. And there were a couple of people that saw this as being so negative. How can we love ourselves? Should we really be saying that we should love ourselves? And quite frankly, it was sad to not recognize that God has called us to love God and others as we love ourselves. I can think about other examples in my own life where my body was shamed for a host of reasons, for size, for appearing too sexy. On one hand, Vanita, putting on a little weight. On the other hand, oh, you're losing weight. You don't want to be too small. And, oh, you're finally gaining weight. You finally have curves. You finally look like a woman. This was in my 30s. <laughs> and then the shaming that I recall occurring by the flesh police. 
because of clothing that appeared too sexually attractive or immodest. Actually, it wasn't. If I wore short sleeves with my arms exposed, I would be asked if I was cold and needed a sweater. If I wore pants to a church function revealing the curves of my body, the outrage would cause my faith and calling as a minister to be in question. If I wore a skirt that came slightly to the knee or even slightly above the knee, I was quickly given a lap cloth. The messages were essentially warnings. Watch what you wear so that you don't cause men to stumble. In fact, I remember one particular singles ministry where there was a lot of conversation around clothing. And the people just sort of kind of took it and they listened without saying anything. And I became so frustrated. I raised my hand and spoke to it. I was a little nervous, but I wanted to stand up for the women in the room and for this notion that we had to be a particular way so that men wouldn't stumble. And then the message is, if a man stumbles, it's the woman's fault even if non-consensual sexual activity occurs. I have worked with survivors of sexual assault from various backgrounds, from various genders, and oftentimes they fail to report because of shame and self-blame. These survivors somehow feel that they are responsible for the violence perpetrated against them. Because we live in a society of victim blaming, there's a lot of internalized blaming. And we see this in a host of different races and ethnicities. And as it relates to women of color who tend to be over-sexualized, we see this silence a lot. And while I help people heal from body shame and trauma, I still have more unpacking and deconstructing to do. While I'm committed to creating safe spaces and brave spaces and spaces of belonging now, let's be clear, I wasn't always this committed. I actually repeated some of the things to young people regarding clothing and what they should wear and what was revealing and purity that were shared with me. I, I can remember one particular relative who some years ago, I mean, she's in her thirties now, but this was when she was in her teens, putting up this little sexy picture of herself on her social media. And I was horrified and I, you know, lit into her and told her she shouldn't put that up there. And yeah. That was me. I actually did some digging for this sermon and I actually retrieved this journal. This journal is interesting because 
it actually includes the sermon of a purity ceremony that I participated in. I was actually the main speaker. And as I read through it, I thought about some of the things that I wish I would have shared with the young people. That while my husband and I did wait until we got married, we struggled and certainly foreplay was a part of our relationship. I wish that I had more grace and compassion for those young people and connected more with them on a real and tangible level. But there's something else about this journal that I want to share with you. It also includes something very special. And it's the wedding ceremony for a lesbian couple, <laughs> which was the first wedding of a same gender loving couple that I officiated. Can you believe it? Life is complicated and we grow in grace and we evolve and we continue to connect to God through it all. So we sit with our questions and we struggle to be at peace. And even through our struggles and even through trying to figure things out and misunderstanding, when in doubt, I realize that we can't figure it out. That's when we really need to lean more into our relationship with Christ. And no matter what, it's so important to err on the side of love and inclusion and belonging. Sarah Bessie has another quote and she says, so I think it's entirely appropriate if the only way we can feel safe in God is to take a break from reading the Bible entirely or to read it with new words or eyes or voices. Until we untangle the lie, it's hard to receive the beauty and truth. The spirit isn't limited to meeting us only in the words of the Bible. And when the time is right to return to scripture, to be able to fully embrace and love the gift of it, then the time will be right. I want to be able to love Jesus and create an environment where we can all reclaim our bodies regardless of past experiences, regardless of self-harm, regardless of trauma or how we are being perceived. We should be able to see ourselves as spiritual and sexual beings and where we see each other as God sees us through the eyes of love and grace. It's time to reclaim our bodies. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.